We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest in Kansas City soccer coverage from KCSN. Featuring No Other Pod with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Kuser. Currently with Daniel Kuser and Chris Wright. And Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. KC Sports Network is your new go-to for Kansas City soccer coverage. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. And now, let's get to it. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, along with my good buddy, Dan, for the first MLS hashtag victory pod of the year. Is it? And it this is No Other Pod, you said? I, I'm very confused. I don't know what's right anymore. I don't know what, what's good in this world. MLS is going to MLS. That's we don't, weird, man. I mean, how many times have we said on this podcast, do not bet on Major League Soccer? You never should. You never should. It's very weird. This is why, because out of nowhere, the worst team in the league will go on the road against the first place team in the Western Conference, who, yes, if you were going to talk to Sounders fans, we had multiple three players missing and Roldan and Jao Paulo and Nuhu and whatever. Sporting Kansas City went on the road and they defeated the Seattle Sounders in Lumen Field in Seattle. End of story. Game over. It happened. Pretty wild, man. Pretty wild. I don't. Ah, I got. I got so many emotions to talk through. Uh, along with uh, some settled downs. I'm gonna hit you with some settled downs. <laughs> some settled downs. Okay. Let's just let's relax here because we. Yeah. Let's enjoy it because uh, win in Seattle is freaking hey. great. Yep. You so. can enjoy a win without you know going so far the other way that suddenly everything's fixed. There can be yeah. somewhere in between, and it was real funny because the Reddit did not know how to feel this week. <laughs> there was lots of conflicting emotions where people were like, yes, I'm happy, and other people were like, no, shut up, we can't be happy. We have to fire the coach. And it's like, but it's okay. You can Maybe this is a this progress, and, and, and there's just a lot of, like, I don't know how to feel. So Listen, uh, if yeah. we lost, we might have had a trifecta of coach firings uh, on Monday morning. It, you know, it would have been. I, I still think I would have been shocked if Sporting Kansas City would have made a move losing on the road to Seattle after the week before losing at home to Montreal. But yeah, you know, hey, 
you're correct. Red Bulls and uh, Chicago have both fired their coaches. So that's pretty wild. That's pretty weird. They they have zero <laughs> patience, and we're like, you know, from a Kansas City person, just calm down, relax, take your time. My favorite thing about the Red Bulls announcement is their uh, was it their GM or their president? I don't remember who it was, but made sure to clarify that no, it was not the support of racism that got him fired. It was just that he was a bad coach. Oh, good. So yeah, good. Was, so racism's uh, still fine, but bad coaching, no, no. Gotta win those games though. <laughs> Gotta win them. As long as you win, racism, I guess, will continue to be supported by the Red Bulls organization is, is basically I think he he did not answer that question well because they were they asked you know was was the the incident when he supported Van Zier and, and the uh, racist uh, language that was used in the field was that taken into consideration with this firing and uh, I don't remember if it was the GM or the president was like well if that would have been part of the reasoning we would have made this move a few weeks ago oh, boy. it's like uh, okay just don't go out that's even if it wasn't that's a place where you can lie and be like you know what things weren't going how we wanted them to in any aspect of this so we decided to make a move and just leave it at that exactly (laughs) this is our round table portion of the show where we just kind of go around and talk about nonsense you want to talk about nonsense though bob huggins said some shit this week on on a radio interview bob huggins don't heard about that oh I, i heard it today Bob Huggins, West Virginia basketball coach. Yeah, uh, don't do them, Bob. Home, uh, uh, what homophobic slur? Homophobic slur. Yeah, and kind of had some uh, transphobic stuff in there as well. Yeah, the radio hosts weren't weren't helping him out there. No, definitely not. the clip. It was bad. Did not hear the clip. The bad all around. The uh, the radio hosts were kind of feeding into it, and then he he said the homophobic slur twice. I think at least twice. Then. The radio host laughed, and they're like, "Bob Huggins is the best." And I'm like, "That's not the response to that." But oh you know, boy, it is uh, good. He said the f word, right? Yes. Oh boy, that's not mine. great. We don't do that anymore. It, no, not what you want. Yeah, you just don't gonna, love to see it. You're gonna offend a lot of people. Probably gonna lose his job. I would assume. I would assume uh, at this point. Hey, speaking of offending people, you want to want me to read our review? Go for it. I, yeah, <laughs> sure. We 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 got we got someone who might be a little offended. I don't know, uh, but we read every every review. I mean, if you want to come in, uh, give us five star rating. We'll read it. This person was nice enough to give a three star. That's great. That's sixty percent, bro. I passed high school off sixty percent. Let's go. No, I didn't. I went. <laughs> I went. I went to a school that did not accept lower than C's. So I'm just saying. Hey, C's graduate you. Standards, bro. Standards. Uh, oh. here you go. Jimmy needs help. Agreed. Oh, oh, it's part two. This person made a second account to come in hot. You know what I mean? Uh, been back listening to the show. You've been here. We know. Since the beginning of the season. Oh, new hashtag. Hashtag Dan out needs oh, no. to happen. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Am I going to lose my job? This podcast that I make so much money off of? That would be crazy. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, bro. I'm rolling in the dough over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make use of the skip ahead button a ton when he talks. Uh, the constant belittling and disrespect that he has for others, and mostly others who don't share any of his opinions, has gotten insanely old. Hold on, that, this guy isn't shit. Fuck this guy. No. <laughs> you don't agree with me? Uh, no, co- completed with the way he jokes about God is insanely disrespectful. Hold on, who's God? That's did the I part have... I, I don't remember. What did I do? Who knows? What? Okay. Only God I'm, knows which God I don't know. I'm which some some God knows. Uh, and I've disrespected this person's savior. 
probably to which I apologize for offending. I can say that if I've offended you and your Lord, I do apologize. Um, blood of Christ, all that stuff. Uh, he needs a slice of humble pie. Love pie. Bring it. Or KCSN should reevaluate his place on the show. Keep doing you, Jimmy. Look at you, bro. You Christian man, you. You're getting yeah, shout out, bro. That reputation. They have not seen my Twitter feed, that's for sure. Look at you, dude. I, I love it. You, <laughs> these are good. That's what the three stars are for. Stay with holy me. man. It's the holy trinity go. of stars. I got to eat some humble pie. I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we've all been there. He's not hearing this anyway because he's skipping ahead. That's probably true. So That's all right. Hey, thank you for the three stars. Um, you know, I hey. sincerely apologize for offending the Those, God, I guess. Lots of restaurants I eat at that are rated three out of five stars on Yelp that I think are delicious. Delicious restaurants. Absolutely. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. we'll take Hey, it. we we do appreciate <laughs> the feedback, though. Uh, thank you for that, because every time something like that comes in, you'd be surprised at how many emails and tweets come at us telling us <laughs> we freaking love you guys. And it's like, guess what? You're kind of the odd person out. So, yeah. So, and, hey, we'll, we'll t- if, if there's constructive criticism, we'll take it. Right. I'd love to hear the constructive part. Yeah, I'd love to hear what I said. I mean, if you want to pull up some clipping that I say something about Jesus or stuff. Yeah, but uh, we did get a couple of emails. Um, yeah. So let's start with one here. This is uh, from Gary Hibbets, uh, a.k.a. Gare Bear. And he says, yeah. five stars from St. Louis. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to read the whole email, but basically he says, uh, been listening since day one from St. Louis, loved the name of the pod, and thought you two provide great entertainment and information. I uh, listen on Google Podcasts, so I can't rate it, but definitely five stars. You have a great dynamic as you balance each other well. Don't shy away from your political views, as most of them should be considered being a decent human being and not political. Thank you, Gary. Uh, and then he goes on to say, I've been following SKC since 2013, but now he has... Uh-oh, uh-oh, Gary. Now he has season tickets to St. Louis City SC. Kills me. I won't be able to really appreciate the rivalry as I can't turn my back on 10 years of SKC, but it is my hometown team. I'll still be rooting for SKC when they aren't playing STL, even if SKC is making it hard to watch this year. So, Is it Gary or Garrett? Gary. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was always Garrett. I'm, I mean, maybe I'm mixing Garrett, up short my, for Garrett. Maybe I'm mixing up my people online. I don't know. Yeah. Well, thank uh, you, Gary. Appreciate yeah. that. Absolutely. I, I, I hit him up and said... Uh, uh, didn't he say something about the hot dogs? Oh, did he? I have to go. I I was skimming through it. So oh, you were skimming. He, he mentioned uh, St. Louis. Oh yeah, has he has vegan hot dog. Steve's hot dogs has a vegan hot dog at the stadium. So there's options for coos who want to come for a game. So yeah, thank you, Gary. And uh, before we jump into the game, there's one more email I want to read, and it kind of coincides with a conversation that we had last week, and then the development that happened this week. Before Sporting even took the field in Seattle, which is the Kansas City Cauldron actually put out an official statement. So we're going to talk about that here in a second because that kind of lays the groundwork for what the vibe was heading into this game in Seattle. Uh, But along those lines, uh, we did ask for people, like, what are your thoughts? Where are you at? Uh, What do you think the Cauldron should do? And we did get an email from, forgive me if I butcher your name, uh, Mark uh, Schliebusch, I believe is how you say it. And uh, his email, Grant, and I want to preface this, this was last Tuesday, May 2nd, that he sent this in. So this was long before the Seattle game. So, But at the time, it was hashtag Vermes out was his uh, subject line. And I'm going to skim through some of this again. 
Uh, he says, I gave up my season tickets last year. The product on and off the field has gone downhill over the last several years. For me, setup is predictable. Uh, I think the teams have figured out how to stop playing sporting. Time for him to go in for fresh ideas and more fresh faces. Uh, is it going to be scary? Yes, but it's time for a change. Maybe hard to watch, but real change is hard. And then he talks about how the front office needs to change. Amenities at the stadium are just kind of mid at this point. Uh, and then he says, given the chance, I would rather watch a KC current match over a sporting Kansas City match any day of the week. Uh, thanks for the podcast. Enjoy listening to you guys, even when you go off topic. Take care, Mark. So thank you, Mark. Um, yeah. I think his opinion was probably shared by a lot of people at this point last week and probably still now. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. But he was definitely not alone in saying not only does there need to be a shakeup in the coaching staff, but in the front office and in a lot of ways. That's true. So, yeah. And uh, Casey Cauldron, like, you know, had an open forum situation for their members and said, if you, you know, if you have anything you think we need to hear or you, your feelings, let us know. Yeah. Because we're in process of, putting together a little something something yeah um so they kind of they welcomed supporters voices mm -hmm. and credit where credit is due i mean we've talked before about some of the um experiences that we've had with the cauldron both positive and sometimes negative and we talked uh last week when before the statement had been released about how this was sort of an unprecedented situation for the cauldron to be in and you know in the sport in kansas city era and so they were probably a little bit slow on the uptake in terms of how do we actually respond and it took a, a near well not a near it took a fan incident in their section to kind of i think realize like oh this is we should maybe do something yeah. uh and i'm not gonna we've all read the letter i'm sure i'm not gonna read the whole thing but basically it you know as you know it says they're speaking directly to the ownership front office and coaching staff Performance has not been acceptable on and off the pitch. Uh, you know, while we understand sporting cannot promise us wins, we believe you can promise us an exceptional fan experience. And there's a strong perception that the club does not care about its invested fans. And they go sort of through the reasons for that. Uh, and, and yeah, I think some people thought the statement, um, if anything, maybe still had a little bit of kid gloves on it, which which maybe was true. But I think overall, when you're trying to synthesize probably dozens upon dozens of, if not more, opinions of people into a single letter representing a relatively large and probably somewhat diverse group of fans, uh, I thought that this was a solid next step in an official capacity, quote-unquote, for a supporters group to to take. Bottom line, I mean, I, I had some buddies ask me my thoughts on it. And I just said, uh, I said it's well written. I think that, so that's too. kind of the main thing. It's well written. I I couldn't have done it better. So there you go. I think it was well written. I you know it it doesn't necessarily call for the firing of anybody, and I don't think that the Cauldron ever would have put out a statement that says fire Vermees or fire this person or fire Jake Reader or whatever. I I, I think they're a number of steps away from getting to that point if they ever were to get to that point uh, but but I do think this was uh, something that uh, they sent to Sporting Kansas City they have asked for a counter statement at the time of this recording which is Monday evening there has been no formal counter statement nothing from the club nothing from ownership no nope. you could maybe say well they won so that's a statement of some sort but that's not a statement responding to the concerns which are greater than just the results on the field in this letter 
yeah, a voiced concern to, uh, I don't know about a majority of their fans, but maybe a majority of their most passionate fans. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I don't know, to not say anything. I mean, sure, it's only been a few days, right? But to not say anything at all, if they continue to not, it's uh, that's going to look bad. And even Tony Miola on uh, on the mm-hmm. uh, broadcast said, he, he did say he didn't really agree with the part about uh, no emotion on the sidelines or something. Yeah, that's, if there is a part that I do not really agree with, I don't understand. Think, Are they talking about coaches or players on the sideline? They say we don't see any emotion from the coaching staff, which is disheartening game after game. I don't actually think that's true. I think if they're, ta- they may be talking about like Peter in his post game press conferences, and that's, yes, that's what I thought. He's a very measured person. He's not. He doesn't go in there um, and he's not trying to get fired or whatnot, right? And and he, you know. When you do, I'm not trying to necessarily defend him or whatnot, but I'm imagining if I were in that situation, when when emotions are probably high and you're frustrated and whatnot, it's not, you know, it's part of the CBA. You got to do it, but it's not fun to then have to go immediately answer for, you know, questions that are basically saying, why are you not doing your job well enough? And that's where you see a lot of players, coaches, and across professional sports potentially get in trouble. So I get that part, but I do think. It would behoove Sporting KC as an organization, Jake Reed as a president of the club, the ownership group as owners of this club that at one point had such a great sense of community and tied to the city of Kansas City. I think they at least owe the cauldron the respect of some sort of formal response. Has it been weird since Rob Heineman really stepped back from main stuff? I think there has been... Probably in reality, but if at least if not in reality, a perceived um, widening of, of the gap between ownership and fans. Yeah. Rob was very visible with the fans. He was never a majority owner. He was always a minority owner, but he was very visible with the fans. He, he was a, a liaison between fan feedback and the ownership group. He was very active and transparent on Twitter. He would open Beer Corner. There was a lot that Rob would do that... I think is missing now and um he was also president of the organization i think at one point or ceo i don't remember but he, uh no. jake reed isn't as um engaged in the same way that rob right. was and so i think fans feel like they have lost a representative or voice within the front office and i think mm-hmm. that's part of the frustration so agreed um but yeah but hey enough about all of that, that that's sort of what the lay of the land was and the mood of Sporting Kansas City, uh, the fan base at least, heading into this game. So let's take a quick break, and then let's dive into the best game of the year, Sporting Kansas City's victory against Seattle. We'll be right back after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. What up? Welcome back, everybody. And, uh, yeah, man, we have a freaking Sporting Kansas City Major League Soccer League game victory to talk about here. Pretty weird. And I think the first thing that perhaps is most interesting to talk about when you look at the lineup that came out for Sporting Kansas City is something that I don't know if it was by design because Peter Vermees said Nemanja Rodoya was originally supposed to be in the team but then got sick. But something that many of us have been hoping to see, Eric Tommy and Gadi Kinda together starting in the midfield at the same time. So does that mean Eric Tommy probably wasn't supposed to start or maybe Kinda was supposed to come in later? I think most likely Eric Tommy would have been the one that was on the bench because just the way Peter answered the question about Gadi Kinda, about how he knew he wanted to get him 30 or 45 minutes and it's easier to manage at the beginning than the end. I assume Kinda would have been the starter and then Eric Tommy would have come off the bench either at the 30 or minute mark or halftime. Bet you're glad you started Eric Tommy, who contributed <laughs> to both of these goals. Yes, absolutely, 100%. And, you know, this is uh, the first time since 2021 that we have had three designated players on the field at the same time, Eric Tommy, Gadikinda, and Alan Polito. Felt weird, right? Felt weird right off the bat. It felt, it, but it, it, it reminded me of what it used to be like to watch Sporting Kansas City soccer when we were good. And yeah, it's just... I forget, like, we haven't seen our designated players together like that, that if you asked me who our three designated players are, I might stumble for a minute and be like, oh, hold on, who are the three? <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't help also that if you look at the roster page, Eric Tommy isn't actually listed as a DP there, but when they announced the roster compliance, they did say he's a designated player. So yeah. it is Polito, Kinda, and Eric Tommy. Johnny Russell is no longer a designated player, but... right. He was bought down, so you still have sort of a designated player level guy in Johnny Russell, even if he's not quite prime Johnny anymore. Uh, this was 
a relatively strong lineup. And look who we saw back at right back still. Even though Graham Zusi was back in the team selection, the young buck, Jake Davis, still back there at right back trying to hold down uh, a winger in Leo Chu who ate us alive last time we played Seattle at Children's Mercy Park. Yeah, it, uh, dude, I was worried for Jake Davis for a bit. I was like, okay, but uh, I got to tell you what, that man put his stamp on this game. There, He had, I think I stopped counting after three, but he had three times where he was able to like block a pass or a cross, and then it goes off the other guy. Mm-hmm. and went out of bounds and earned a mm-hmm. goal kick or a throw-in or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was amazed. I, yeah. I was yelling in my basement. I was like, Jake Davis, is he's come to play. <laughs> I mean, um, again, we're not to overreact to a couple of games. Similarly, how we don't want to react to overreact to just one win. But Jake Davis at right back. I'm not hating this experiment, and I don't think he's there to take the spot permanently away from Graham Zusi, and we don't know yet how Caden Pierre will look when he gets back from his injury. But suddenly, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with Jake Davis at right back. Feeling pretty happy. Also nice to see Zusi get back in there. I saw he was on the bench. I got a little excited. Yeah. Because uh, he's been hurt as well, trying to work yeah. his way back. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, quick side note. Let me just side here, sidebar. Did you see that we made a little cameo in some dude's YouTube video? I did, I did see. Yeah, you sent me this. It was kind of funny. Chip, our, our good friend Chip, sent yep. me this and said, whoa, you absolutely make an appearance in this. And I was like, are you spamming me, bro? Like, that sounds like <laughs> sounds like saying, click on this link. I'm like, check out the photos we found of you. You'll never exactly. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Chip, who has your phone? And I checked this out. I'm watching the whole video. I'm like, what is he talking about? In the last minute, it's a little video yeah. of our YouTube video, and we're not even talking. We just look frustrated. <laughs> he says something about, and sporting Kansas City fans are frustrated, and then it cuts to, like, a three-second clip of us. Yeah, I think I was very animated with my arms is why he chose that one. So, hey, look at us, dude. Big time. It does. Who would have thought? Um, but, yeah, Jake Davis, I, I'm looking pretty, you know, feel pretty comfortable with him back there. Uh, that midfield trio with Remy Voltaire at – the defensive midfielder spot, the number six, man, you know, when he's firing on all cylinders, he's real good. And uh, Polito, for the first time, kind of starting to look a little bit like the Alan Polito that we started to fall in love with before the injuries. Listen, I'm I'm so mad here because I don't, I hate this, dude. I hate talking about a win right now because, yeah, you can be like, dude, we just beat first place Seattle, right? And it's like, well, they were missing a lot of notable players. They were. Key players. Mm-hmm. By the way, they said uh, who had freaking malaria. Yep. What? Yeah, that's a thing that happened. That's wild. I hope he's okay, but it sounds like he's right. on mend. Uh, Christian Roldan, obviously out. He's still uh, uh, dealing with concussion symptoms. Yep. And uh, someone was on yellow card accumulation or red card. While Paula was suspended. Yes. And it's like, those are three big people. Major players. Might have made this game a little different. Um, but I, you take the win. You take the W. But I can't sit here and say, like, we're the best team. Oh, no. We're the best team now. No. But it gives me a little confidence playing Houston this week. Well, I want to open cup. put a pin in that one because I have questions about that game because I don't yeah, know what to do about that game. But, uh, well. Okay, pin. Got it. Pin, pin in right. the game. We'll be back. I get excited. <laughs> but uh, this, I mean, 
yes, this Seattle team was not a full-strength Seattle team. I mean, but honestly, Seattle hasn't been full-strength for a while. Christian Roldan's been out for a number of weeks with these concussion symptoms, So, and they've still managed to be the first-place team in the West. Jordan, and they Morris. haven't given up a goal at home. Haven't given up a goal at home. Jordan Morris took us to school four times in Children's Mercy Park. Leo Chu looked like the world's best winger when he played us at Children's Mercy Park. Uh, this is still a, a, a pretty decent side. Alex Roldan is a very good left back. Left back. Uh, Albert Rusnak is uh, a, a good midfielder, a solo yeah. MLS player. Um, so this is um, this is a good team. And it took one young guys in there too, man. Like 17, 18 years old. They did Reed Baker Whiting yeah. and then uh, Obed Fargus, you know, uh, Jackson Reagan. Uh, these are some younger players, but. It took all of four minutes for Sporting Kansas City to get on the score sheet. And it started with Jake Davis kind of messing around with Leo Chu a little bit, forced to turn over to Remy Voltaire in the midfield. Voltaire finds Eric Tommy, who passes out uh, to Daniel Shallowy on the right side. And then uh, I don't know if this was intentional by Gadikinda or not. I'm going to choose to believe it was. Uh, Daniel Shallowy cut back pass into the box. There were multiple runners into the box. Gadi Kinda is there. He lays it off for Eric Tommy. Eric Tommy slots it home. This is uh, such a welcome sight to see three runners trailing the ball into the box, and look what it does. It creates goal-scoring opportunities. Look, I think it was Eric Tommy who said after the game that uh, they watched a lot of film on themselves and realized they weren't getting runners into the box, and I'm like, hold on. You, you've had like 10 weeks to, to figure this out, that you're not getting runners into the box. And now now you're like, hey, we should do that. Well, yeah, and English isn't his first language, and he's very matter-of-fact German, like German engineering, German, like he's oh, yeah. a straight shooter. So it could be that he was just like, yes, you look at the film, we do not run into the box. We must start running into the box if we want to score goals. And that's true. That's what they did on this. They had they they didn't have if this was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Daniel Shallowby would just would have crossed that ball into the box, hope that somebody can get ahead on it, would have been yeah. cleared. Just not what he did. Just some lazy cross. But even though this happened, it's an early goal again, just like we had at home against them. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, cool, here comes four goals from Jordan Morris. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there were moments. Even in the first half was very good. Sporting Kansas City was definitely the better side. Very good. But there were moments. There was, in particular, around the 23rd minute. This isn't in the highlights on uh, um, MLSsoccer.com, but I took note of this when I was watching the game because I wanted specifically to call out this moment. Danny Rosero kind of loses the ball, and then uh, there's a free pass to Nico Ladero, who's running straight down the middle of the field, and he's about to have a wide-open one-on-one shot on Tim Melia, and it's not looking good. Remy Voltaire hustled his ass off. Out of nowhere. Ran the perfect line, did not sit there and realize he wasn't going to make it to, to to help Rosero out with his man right there. He perfectly closed down the passing lane. Nicholas Ladero didn't see him coming out of anywhere, and then Remy Voltaire just pops out of Ladero's pocket, swipes the ball away perfectly, and leaves Ladero there just like, writhing in anger because he took the ball away and perfectly cleared all danger. He's like, where the hell did you come from? It was because that it was insane. The, the Remy Remy has speed too, by the way. And precision. 
And I'm like, listen, I liked him up to, uh, uh, like attacking mid as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, nah, I think you might be defensive mid. But isn't Rodoya the mid? Rodoya, well, yeah, they they both can play sort of the 6-8 spot. I think when they brought Rodoya in, they brought him thinking he would be a 6. But we've seen him play the 8 when Voltaire's played the 6. Even though Peter says he likes Voltaire at the 8, Remy told us back at media day he actually prefers to play defensive midfielder. That's his favorite spot. Yeah. So, Interesting. but I mean, he did. He was closing down passing lanes and and swooping. By. That was my favorite defensive play I saw all year from Sporting Kansas City. Oh, yeah. And Tim Melia got to just take a little nap in the first half. Didn't have a whole lot to do, really. Yeah, it was um, it, it was incredible seeing that from, um, uh, from Remy Voltaire. And then just seven, eight minutes later, in the 31st minute, uh, Eric Tommy has the ball on the right. Uh, he takes it from Jake Davis, does a little uh, shoulder move, drives toward the middle of the field, does not try to do it all himself. Again, Eric Tommy, two, three, four weeks ago, as he's driving to the middle of the field, would have tried to drive on goal, get around a few guys, try to create his own shot, probably would have waited too long. He does not do that. He and Alan Polito, who have not played together very long, have this look, this connection. Polito times his run perfectly. Eric Tommy delivers a delicious through ball into the box and then Alan Polito, vintage Polito from a tight angle past Stefan Fry, 2-0 Sporting Casey. This is where I liked having Tony Miola on the call because right away he goes in on Fry's goalkeeping. Why? Because <laughs> Miola was a former goalkeeper for MLS. And he's like, as a keeper, you expect that your back post has a defender there to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. So where was that guy? And yeah. he's right. There was no one was back there. And yeah. what a, what an angle though when he made that Ooh. lost my freaking mind dude first time first touch oh dude I was watching Home Alone my wife was out she comes home oh you were Home Alone I thought you were like I was watching Home Alone oh <laughs> the white bandits were about to break in <laughs> <laughs> and then then my wife comes home and we get scored on and I said you get back out there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about the second half here, but first we're going to take another quick break and then we'll, we'll be right back to, to go over what happened in the second half. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. What a- we are back. So let's see. First half. We're feeling real good, 2-0, but look, we're not kidding ourselves at halftime. We know anything's possible. 2-0 is not a guaranteed victory by any means. A single player scored four goals on us the last time we played these guys. So, you know, there's there's still a, a whole half to go. And uh, out of necessity, because he's still battling his way back from from injury, Gotti Kinda came out at halftime. Felipe Hernandez came in, so that kind of pushed Eric Tommy more up into that typical attacking mid-roll. And... You know, I think there's a little bit of, of uh, a couple of things that happened in the second half. Uh, Seattle started attacking and pressing a little more. Uh, Sporting Kansas City probably laid back a, a little bit more, but there was a definite difference between how these teams looked in the first half and the second half. Sporting KC were definitely on their heels, I think, in the second half more. It felt that way, dude. Spe- yeah. Oh, my God, the last 10, 20 minutes was just a freaking heart attack. Was just, I'm just sitting there being like, get out! <laughs> yeah, if you look at the uh, the possession intervals in the first half, um, it's slightly favors Seattle, but it's it's 
close to even. It's probably 55-45, uh, 53-47, somewhere around there. If you look at the possession intervals for the second half, it strongly favors Seattle. They were the ones on the front foot, especially for the last 20 minutes, like you said. It was like 80-20 oh, Seattle. We we couldn't get the ball. We couldn't hold possession. Uh, it just, dude, it was just nonstop trying to stop them from scoring. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, uh, you know, of course, nothing can go perfectly for Sporting Kansas City. And in the 63rd minute... Uh, Logan and Denbe, he, uh, gets up on, uh, Freddie Montero and Montero is kind of, you know, getting around, uh, in Denbe cause I think in Denbe just kind of overcommits and dude just forearms Montero straight in the nose. And then tried to say he did nothing. Right. I, that kills me. I'm like, bro, your hands went to his face. It like, was you, bad. you did something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that wasn't in the box, uh, that would have been a straight red card probably because it would have been hands to the face. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of thing that turns games around. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what Seattle needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you almost knew the penalty was going to be made. I mean, the quality and Ladero alone. And I was like, come on, Tim, pull something out. But I didn't, wasn't really hoping on that, wasn't banking on that. They did mention in the lead up, they're like, Amelia, you know, only 25 of 40 penalties he's faced in league play have been converted, which is a crazy record for a keeper. Holy but, shit. But, you know, Ladero sent him the wrong way, and it was a pretty easy conversion. Yeah, it was a great, uh, and, but that's, dude, now it's 2-1. Now who has the momentum? Oof. If it wasn't evident by their possession numbers, they're coming, dude. Mm-hmm. Jordan Morris looks fiery. Mm-hmm. Every, we're just looking like, oh my God, we're desperate. Like we're desperate for a win. Fans are at home, clenching their jaws, mm-hmm. you know, clenching their buttholes. That's a whole thing, dude. It was yeah. a lot. Yeah. And, you know, they had four shots on goal after the penalty. Thankfully, none of them were very quality chances. They were all very small. Um, well, actually, that's not true. One of them actually was a pretty decent chance, I should say. Their first one immediately after the pen- penalty, he, they, they did have a decent chance. But uh, Sporting Kansas City were, were able to hold on to a 2-1 uh, lead for 27 minutes plus five minutes of stoppage time, I believe, at the end, and get out of Seattle with a 2-1 to victory. So I don't think any of us expected this. No, cue the memes. I don't know if you follow that. <laughs> I don't know if you follow that MLS memes page on Facebook, yeah. but that was blowing up with sporting memes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, Peter says the team played well, scored two great goals, maybe could have scored a third. Uh, Bro, the third is Roger. That when Johnny was going to the corner, yeah, and you see Roger, and I'm yelling like Johnny can hear me. I'm like, <laughs> look at him, Roger's open. Oh. The broadcast was zoomed out, so you just see Johnny's yeah. running to the corner, and then out of nowhere, Rogers was running by himself with nobody within 40 yards of him. Yes, and you're just pointing at him. You're like, dude, and Johnny sees him, and he's like, all right. And Roger chests it down perfectly, mm-hmm. and Stephen Fry makes a hell of a save yeah. to keep that out of the net because that's where it's going. Yeah, it's uh, and, and uh, Andre Gafontes had a free header in the box at one point too that he couldn't quite get on target. But not just free, dude. That was a powerful header. Mm-hmm. The the freaking power on it yeah. that, that it went right over the bar just couldn't I was turn. Like, That's going in the goal. Yeah. So you know, but hey, it's a win. That's good. Uh, and then when he was asked about the offensive performance and and what changed, he goes, "I think it's a combination of things. I think there are guys that are a little more free." 
At the same time, I also think Gadi Kinda helps the group immensely when he's on the field. I also think other guys are getting uh, fitter and informed that have been playing quite some time. Um, and then he goes on to saying, you know, I've had to be patient. I'll continue to be patient. I'll keep growing the group as best I can. But honestly, for me, the thing that I noticed was Eric Tommy was not trying to do everything his, himself. He suddenly realized this game, I have help around me and I have quality help around me. Alan Polito was his best game back from injury by far. He felt a little bit more comfortable comfortable dropping back and, and doing sort of that um, almost pseudo striker attacking midfielder thing that we've seen him do. And Gotti Kinda and Eric Tommy together, when they can split the field the way they have and they both have their creative instincts, I love it. I would love to see more of that going forward. Oh, yeah. Was this on, uh, dude, now this was on Big Fox, okay? What? Uh, but I was kind of weirded out because it was also on Apple, right? You could have yeah, watched on Apple. Yeah, I watched on Apple. Stupid. Stupid of me. <laughs> Bro, I'm sitting here fighting with Fox because that's where I thought it was. And I'd yeah. much rather would have rather done Apple because it that app does not crash on me. Yeah. But Fox is garbage. It's not good, bro. I'm sorry, Nate Bucati. I listen to you, bro, and we love hearing your voice, and that's probably the only reason we won is because we have two SKC guys on the mic. Yeah. But uh, I'm mad because I saw I saw highlights, and I was like, that's not Nate talking. It was someone else. Yeah. And it said Apple TV down the bottom. It's always going to be on Apple TV every single game? Every single game is on Apple TV. I have lost my mind. I'm, I'm, I had to. It was glitchy when I was trying to mirror my laptop to the TV. Mm-hmm. Then I went to the Xbox app. We all know that crashes by the time it's halftime. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. Hey, you learn lessons. Well, and just the stream quality. Even though it's literally the same cameras, it's the same feed, it's just so much better because Fox has to compress it so much and the bit rate is so much lower uh, because they have to distribute it over television. Apple doesn't have to do that. I'm so. so mad because I I ruined that my enjoyment factor was down. I know it was. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. But hey, this is what am I old now? Am I old and not able to like <laughs> use streaming? Figure out technology. What is happening? Okay. <laughs> Live and learn, dude. I'll be on. Now I gotta tell me about U.S. Open Cup. Is it gonna be on Apple TV? No. Good question. I don't think it is. No. Uh, I assume it's gonna be on. YouTube. One of the two teams stream, yeah, YouTube. Cause it's on as, it's soccer's YouTube. Yeah, well, and Don Garber had some thoughts on the Open Cup, and you know, we're not even going to have time to talk about that, but basically he was like, I'm glad nobody's watching it because the product kind of sucks. Well, it's like pretty rude. Not a great thing for the commissioner of the major league soccer to be saying about the U.S. Soccer Federation's tournament. Can you believe that? Can you imagine <laughs> if U.S. Soccer was like, well, MLS is kind of run by a bunch of jokers, you know? Yeah. So it's uh, it's not great, um, and it's not often you see MLS and U.S. soccer criticize each other like that because they're kind of in bed together. Yeah, they're kind uh, of the same. Yeah. Like, they, they they really pair up on everything. That's 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 unfortunate. But Sporting gets the first win. Eric Tommy gets uh, MLS Team of the Match Day honors, even though it's Team of the Week. It should be called Team of the Week. It's called Team of the Match Day, even though there were two match days. So uh, he's the first Sporting KC player to get Team of the Match Day honors. In a surprising turn of events, the goalkeeper that Sporting Kansas City faced did not get Team of the Match Day honors. So that's good. And uh, yeah, now Sporting Kansas City, uh, they have six points on the year through 11 games. 
they still, this is where you kind of have to, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Like, I, I, where are we with how we're feeling right now? It's a great win. It's a, a huge win. We still have the worst points per game in the entire league at 0.55. We still have the worst goal differential in the entire league at minus 11. And we still have the least amount of goals for in the entire league at five. Now you can't fix everything in one game, but how do you temper expectations with the excitement of a win like that on the road? I'm not, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I want to, I want to enjoy this because I am, I'm very happy. I'm very excited. Uh, and I'd like for them to take this momentum into, into Wednesday's open cup game Mm -hmm. and, uh, play the same guys, play them. Okay. Uh, but you know, Eric Tommy and, and, and Alan Polito kind of had a couple, uh, little injuries at the end of that game, right? Mm-hmm. They, uh, they both came out and now it's, yeah. it's hard to know sometimes with soccer players, how much of this is real, how much of this is theater, right? Uh, you maybe lend a little bit more credence to it when they're subbed out immediately after, but maybe they were planned to be subbed out around then anyway. So who knows? Yeah, you never know. I, I just hope they take it and run with it. Um, because that's what's going to have to happen. They got to string together some victories. I, I know damn well Johnny at halftime was just like, "Come on, lads! Like we have got mm-hmm. to keep going. We, we've we've this is how every game needs to be from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the quality we have, so let's show it every single game and stop making these stupid mistakes." Yeah. And then, dude. By the way, they had a post game picture, you know, where they were all celebrating and stuff. I saw it, bro. <laughs> Danny Rosero was just like, yo, y'all want me over there naked? Eyes out, eyes out. Dude, he was just, he just had his briefs on and was like, dude, everything from head to toe, check me hey, out. Look, dude is confident and I admire it. Sure, that's great. Yeah, I love it. It just, it caught me off guard. Everyone else, you know, yeah, had, very often, but had at least shorts on. I was like, okay, Danny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- I mean, hey, hopefully, 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 this is something that can turn uh, the morale of this team around because we have gone in the span of week from Johnny Russell being the most dejected and down I've ever heard him or probably any sporting player in my time covering this team or watching this team with a literally saying, I don't know what to do anymore, to you beat the best team in the conference on the road and you're posting undie pics on Twitter. So yeah. that's that's quite the swing. Uh, and, and like you said, let's, let's pump the brakes. Not everything's fixed. Um, I don't think this takes Peter or the coaching staff or the club out of the hot water. I think this is a positive first step. I think the second half in particular showed there are many things that can still improve. So I would say good. Now let's do it again and again and again and again, and then we can have conversations about our things starting to be fixed. But this is, um, this was the the bleeding at least has stopped right now. Now can you heal the wound, or have you only temporarily stopped the bleeding and it'll start again? Exactly. Some question. Exactly. I feel that, uh, dude. This is how teams get on runs, though. This is when they start. You got to start somewhere. So. I'm not sitting here saying, like, we're great now. You know, here we go. But, it, you know, let's just be cautious. Let's mm-hmm. be cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. There it is. 
There were still moments where uh, the defense looked shaky at times. Danny Rosero in particular. There were some times where I was like, I'm not quite sure what you're doing. He had a couple giveaways there. They were able to recover, which is good. Yeah. Largely in part to Remy Voltaire being a beast. The entire midfield, honestly, just being a beast and, and clogging up passing lanes and forcing turnovers. I, but, think, uh, I think something must have been said that was like, hey, midfield, our defense isn't good enough. You're going to have to come pick it up. Yeah. Because that's what it seemed like. They were really helping out the back line. And they're, they're, they were all over the place. Yeah. It was wild. Um, but now, as you said, I wanted to put a pin in it. And I remember I'm going to take the pin out now. US know. Open Cup, Houston Dynamo on Wednesday in Houston. There's maybe two schools of thought as to how you approach this game. You go, okay, well, you can you can make a cup run. Do you want to go for it? This is a hard place to play. It's probably going to be hot down there. Um, what kind of lineup do you put out there? Or do you say hot. the the other school of thought is, well, we just had our biggest win of the season in MLS League play. Do we want to risk running our best 11 out there again on short rest because we played on Sunday, three days later, knowing that we have another big in-conference game on Saturday when Minnesota United comes to town, and if you want to continue to heal your league play wounds, you got to win that game too. Yeah, it's it becomes a that that's where coaching comes in, and they got to make decisions. Uh, speaking of being hot down there, though, it's looking about kickoff. It'd be like seventy six, but the humidity is saying eighty two percent. Yeah, so it's going to feel like it's you know ninety degrees. And it, it will have stormed like earlier. It's saying yeah. so. Like you all know how it goes when it storms, and then just yeah, just gets bad. Yeah, I mean, I think this might be a game where we see Ethan Bryant again because he looked pretty damn good against Tulsa Athletic. Granted, it's Tulsa Athletic, but he can play with the senior team in the Open Cup because roster rules are a little different. Maybe we see a little bit more Ethan Bryant. We didn't see Marino Shawnees. Maybe we see Marino Shawnees. Um, who the hell knows? Maybe we see Steven Afrifa come in, oh, the shit. striker, because I, I don't, I don't think – He's going to turn around and start Polito again right away. I don't think he's going to turn around and start. Yeah. He's definitely not going to play Gotti Kinda. I don't yeah. think he's going to start Eric Tommy if Eric Tommy had any risk of injury. So you say this, I know it's true. Like you make too much sense, but man, it'd be cool, right? I mean, who knows? We could see a wild lineup. The front line could be. Uh, Johnny's, Afrifa, and Kyrie Shelton, to the dismay of many, but I. People relax. Kyrie came in for like 10 minutes. He was fine. He wasn't trying to be the striker. It's okay. You could see a midfield of um, Ethan Bryant, Felipe Hernandez, and I don't know, maybe Rodoya's over his illness and can play in the midweek. And then you can have a back line of uh, uh, maybe you get Zussi back at right back for a little bit, get him some minutes in the open cup. And then uh, Castellanos, uh one of the two, Fontas or Rosero, and then uh, in Denbe or who knows if the Tim Leibold might be available. But I and I think Pulse Camp probably starts in goal. Yeah, yeah, probably. I just have a. I think it sucks because I want to make a run in the Open Cup. I do because I still think that might be our best chance at actually earning a trophy this year. But I don't think Peter's going to risk a league play game coming off the most important game of the year. I just don't. I agree. So, yeah, I agree. 
I, if that's the case, I'm not holding out hope Wednesday. I'm going to set myself up for disappointment Wednesday night, I think. I don't know about you. Uh, I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. I'm trying to keep this, uh, I'm trying to stay high. Positive? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time thinking that we're going to go out there and I hope it's competitive. I hope we can win. If that lineup that we put out or that I just mentioned is anything close to what we put out, I don't know. might be tough. Houston's always a tough place to play, even though there's nobody in the stands. But yeah. whenever we go on the road in the Open Cup, it's never good. But when we play at home, shit's good. better. So we'll see. Now, Saturday night, Minnesota comes to town, and uh, this is this is an important game. They just lost on the road to Vancouver, 3-2. to two. So this is another uh, game where there's an opportunity for Sporting KC to get some points from a team that's currently above the playoff line. They have 12 points through 10 games. And, uh, yeah, this would be another good victory, good step toward starting the course correct. And if you can put together two solid wins in a row, you go from three points to nine points in a couple of weeks, pretty good. That'd be nice, right? That'd be real nice. Um, they still don't have their uh, star, quote-unquote, I guess, midfielder, Emmanuel Reynoso. He's been away from the team, although he's apparently coming back to now train with the team. He still has unresolved legal issues where he assaulted a teenager with a gun. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing that out there. Pretty well, weird. Yeah. So Minnesota, I feel more confident against Minnesota than I do midweek against Houston because I think we'll field a stronger team and it'll be at home. So we desperately need to win at home. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. We've lost three times and drawn once at home. Zero wins currently. But, um, you know, the sad part is, to temper expectations again, even if we win, the only, we're currently in 14th in, Western, in the Western Conference, if we win Saturday against Minnesota United, uh, the best we can do is jump up to 13th place, one spot. Because currently Austin sits there uh, in 12th place with 10 points. So we can't jump them. But again, one step at a time. You can't make up a six-point gap in just one game. You got to do it three points at a time. Exactly. Exactly. So, this is slow and steady now. Uh, we just got to keep collecting victories, man, because life is good. And that's a hard thing to preach patience to a fan base that it took 11 games to get your first win. It's tough. We're all very negative right now. We're all yeah. very over it. I'm, I, and, and I'm sure there will be some people, because if anything, you and I have a reputation. I don't think it's it's totally earned. I think we're, but of maybe being a little bit lighter on the criticism, but that's because it took us longer. We weren't after two games coming in here, Hellfire, Brimstone, blow the club up. But I think we both know there are very real issues with the club and one game does not fix those issues. There is a lot more that has to be shown from the coaching staff, from the players, certainly from the club in terms of how the off field stuff is run. Those issues have not yet been addressed. So there's a lot more that still needs to happen, but this was one first small step for mankind. <laughs> but well, yeah, we'll see if they say anything about, I, I don't know. I would love a, I would love some kind of a statement, dude, even if it's Jake Reed doing a small press conference, you know? 
I feel like I feel like they need to do something. Something. Respond. Give give your your supporters group the decency of a response. Just even if you're like, hey, um, we don't necessarily agree with everything, but we hear you, we're listening, we're trying to evaluate. Like just an acknowledgement. I think it is when when an accusation is levied that we don't feel connected to you, we we think you're not listening, we think you don't care, and we think you um, are just aloof to the entire situation, a, a really good way to solidify that reputation is to not acknowledge that letter at all. That's not what I would uh, recommend. No, it's not great. Uh, you're not, you're not going to acknowledge it. Just keep uh, rolling around in your money. <laughs> yeah. So Scrooge McDuckin over there. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Um, but I don't know, man. That's that's sort of I I, I want to end this on a somewhat positive note, though. We beat Seattle. We beat the Seattle Sounders on the road oh, in Seattle. We didn't even mention that they still very much hate Tim Melia. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> they have not forgotten. Bro. Oh, my God. You got to let it. It's like a it's like a toxic ex-girlfriend. They just won't let it go. It's, I mean, the boos were loud every single time he touched the ball. I think he loved that, by the way. I was ready for him to do this. Just kind of hop up in the crowd, you know? Tim is not typically the villain type guy. This is not something he, because he's not loud and outspoken and, you know, taunting people like a Dom Dwyer would have or, or what. Yeah. He's a quiet, do your job kind of guy. And so this might be the first time in his career where he's been the subject of such ire. I mean, not this game specifically, but this with this this deal he's got going on with Seattle fans, the subject of such, you know, hatred and ire. Uh, uh, but the memes were coming out, man. If if y'all remember correctly, he uh, did quite the body slam, quite the rock bottom on yeah. uh, Christian Roldan a couple of years ago. I was at that game. Hell of a time. Yeah, he uh, he to put it in WWE terms, he was. Definitely the heel of that game. He layeth the smacketh down. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't know, man. It was fun. It was a good time. I enjoyed watching that game. I hope we can continue to have good times. I mean, yes. This but time next in a jar. It's nice. isolated. That was a fun time. Yeah. I hope we get more fun times. Well, and it's important not just to turn around the seat, continue to turn around the season, try to turn around the season. I don't think we've turned around the seat. We've like, we are flying back, you know, in the wrong direction. We started to slow the car down a little bit. You got to come to a full stop, then turn it around and head in the right direction. But you, you beat Minnesota United, let's say. That's crucial, not just for that, but because who do you have the following week? St. Louis City. SC. That's right. That's right. The first game in St. Louis. I don't want to be coming off a loss going down to St. Louis. I want to continue a win streak against St. Louis City in their home stadium. That's what you got to do. That's the plan. So that's what we got, my friend. You know, I, I, we're not the Chicago Fire right now who just fired their coach, and we're not the New York Red Bulls who fired their coach, not because of his racism. So that's true. I mean, how does man? Um, I don't get it. I don't even know what constitutes firing anymore, because we're definitely worse than them. We are, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So um, I'm just very grateful for the win and hope that it can continue. 
but yeah, thank you all so much for sticking with us and getting to the first MLS victory pod of the year, 11 weeks into the season. We really appreciate all of uh, you who have stuck with us and who have listened. Uh, make sure you leave that five-star rating and review. We'll, we'll read them on air, as you can see here, but we'd love to hear uh, some good, kind words from those of you who have been listening for a long time. Uh, you can make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03. Shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com, if you don't have socials or if you can't rate us. And uh, check out KCSN Soccer on YouTube. You can watch us, see our reactions, see Dan's sweet tattoos that he's got all up on on his arm, his uh, his sleeve. He's what he's working on. Uh, and download the KCSN app where you can get us all right there on your phone, along with all the other podcasts. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. You better stop flirting with me. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.